Sales Gravy is now the sponsor of this show. And part of me was actually very surprised by that when he asked for that. Uh, because when he hired me full time, he said that the show had to come with me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. what the show is. <laughs> well, so. I think that's what makes it, it makes it so charming, actually. <laughs> you know, silly, because you don't, I don't know, it's not going to be a stuffy show. Yes, Stu, you mean it's fucking charming. Okay, it's let's just. Totally fucking charming. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, the podcast that makes business sexy again. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy. And I am Rachel Pitts. I am a Master Sales Coach at Sales Gravy and creator of Your UltraFit Lifestyle. Awesome. Hey, Rachel, how's it going today? Uh, oh, my. Oh, oh, my gosh, that's the funniest thing. Uh, there's a landline ringing in my studio. What is that? Okay, so for all anybody who does not know what that is, there once upon a time were phones <laughs> attached to the wall. And I actually, that it's funny that it rang at your place because I'm currently at an office right now where I've had anxiety that the phone would ring the whole time we've been on this podcast. I didn't even think about, okay, why do I have a landline? Okay, this is a short tangent at the beginning of this show. Um, you know, like when you buy cable or internet and stuff, they're like, add a phone line too. I'm like, who uses a landline? But I'm like, they're like, it doesn't cost any extra. I'm like, fine. You can't hurt to have an emergency landline. That's why the landline was ringing. Well, that's interesting because on this episode, we're talking about ways to stand out with um, a really cool guy that we met at Outbound. And he's pretty well known, actually. Stu Hynek is our guest on this episode. And he is author of How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, Get the Meeting, and um, his his newest coming out is... How to Grow on. Your Business Like a Weed. How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. Oh, my gosh. This analogy of the weed, like I can't, I'm like, I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait for it to come out. What a cool guy. I'm excited about this episode. What did you think? I He's, he's got a lot of stories. He's a storyteller and uh, yes. he's got some interesting stories. Um, I really did love what he says at the end, which is deal with what is deal with what is which you know what ironically i believe is going to be the title of this episode deal with what is i think yeah that's what i wrote down deal with what is and that's what this episode is about and he's going to bring us through the journey of going from cartoonist to sales guy and um he is a wall street journal cartoonist you've probably seen his work um what an honor and pleasure to have him on this episode I think you'll get a lot out of this it's just a new twist on how you can stand out in business and sales so sit back warners and enjoy this episode with Stu Hynek Uh, any questions before we just start rolling? Well, yeah, well okay. So I'm just going to ask one, but it's kind of an interview question, really. It's what, what's the genesis of the women that your mother warned you about? I mean, where did that come from? That's not like, you know, I don't know, sales, um, sales conversations or, I don't know, a sales corner, you know, any sort of safe, boring um, title and concept for a, for a show. But where, where did that come from? 
Well, Regina and I will tell you what where the show came from. But first, I'm curious, Stu, how would you define a woman your mother warned you about? Oh, well, <laughs> they're less reserved. They're more, um, I've never even thought, you know, it's just they're going to be more fun somehow. You know, they, they, might, be a little, <laughs> they might be a little crazy, but they're going to be more fun. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I think that's kind of it. Hey, your definition is your definition. That's why yeah. I like to ask everybody. Yeah. A little crazy, a little fun. And obviously it asks us about profanity and chances are they swear. They probably do. They probably have tattoos. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they got less reserved <laughs> than the average woman. Yeah, less reserved. But look, I don't even know if we're doing the interview yet, but I'm just going to tell you that I sent you the picture of my of, of the girl I went to Copenhagen to meet after seeing her in a magazine. So she's posing in a magazine. I, I guess that's probably one of those women that your mom would say uh, you never know, yes, uh, you think yeah you would think but how you you would be t- if you if you actually accepted that kind of thinking you'd be totally missing out so i think that's kind of what this is that to me that's what women your mother warned warned you about it seems like that's what it is but i didn't invent it so i i, I love it I love it. That, yeah. That's a great, everyone's got a slightly different description. Uh, it's fun when we have women on the show and we ask them if they are a woman your mother warned you about. And we've had somebody like, oh, no, not really. <laughs> We're like, well, you must be because you showed up. Yeah. I mean, why, what are you doing on the show? Then? <laughs> we, we, you know, we'll tell you in the very beginning. And by the way, the show has started. So welcome, Stu. Oh, <laughs> welcome, Stu, <laughs> to the women your mother warned you about. We're excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, we've had we've had in the very beginning of of creating the show and the genesis of the show. And I think that was one of your questions that we'll, we'll get an, we'll give you an answer to. There were some women that did not want to come on this show. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Who shall okay. remain nameless? Who shall remain nameless? Because right. now they want to come on the show. Yeah, they're probably like, <laughs> how do I get on the show? We're like, sorry, you had your chance. You turned the table. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, this is this goes hand in hand with the, the why we did this. I think women, some women were afraid and maybe even men afraid to come on the show because they were afraid of how others would see them. Like, oh, we went on that women your mother warned you about show. What's that going to do to me? What's that going to do to my brand? Will anybody still want to work with me? You know what? I don't think I'm going to be on the show. And then they came up with, you know, BS excuses of why they couldn't be here. You know, like I got to go to my granddaughter's birthday party i don't know crazy that's not a real one but they just had reasons why they couldn't come on the show well you know if you'll remember i know you remember of course but we'll remember together that we were at outbound and that's where we met and yeah so you were you were the featured um lunchtime entertainment and uh and it was fun (laughs) it was really fun to watch you up there and the conversations you had they were great and and so when we then met in the hallway, we're, we're all the, you know, the exhibit hallway, then 
Um, I, I couldn't resist coming up because I was just thinking, you know, my wife is probably one of those people that, you know, <laughs> but, and then uh, that, you know, your mother would, would warn you about, but of course <laughs> she's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. So I, I, I just had to come up and congratulate you, but also to, I just was so curious, like, okay, what's that about? And, you know, I think my, I, I probably have a story that you haven't heard before. It's not the usual story, but you don't hear it often, I would say. Yeah. And it was all about being a woman that your mother, exactly the kind of woman your mother would warn you about. And that's and that's perfect, Stu, because th- that, again, the, the genesis of the show, and then we really want to focus on you and what you do. Um, the, the purpose was to attract women and men who wanted to just like let their hair down, be who they are and be like, oh. Oh, this is a difference. I can just show up and be me. And and even a lot of the men that have been on the show, I, I think of um a Jeff Bajoric a lot, who we love, who is at Outbound. You know, even he, you know, we saw him become vulnerable with us um in ways that I don't even think he expected because we're like, just show up and be who you are. Stop worrying yeah. about what everybody thinks. So I think that there's an attraction, right? That you you felt that of like, oh, they're cool. I could go talk to them and tell them anything and they probably won't judge me. And that's that's exactly what we were yeah. trying to yeah. create. So yeah. and, and so that that led you to us and we got to hear a great story. And I know you have other great stories. And um, we definitely want to get into your very fascinating story of how you met your sweetheart. Uh, Before we do that, though, I want to kind of go backwards a little bit and talk about some of your greatness that our learners will will really um, get a lot out of and can benefit from. Um, Specifically, I want to hear more about how to get a meeting with anyone, because I think right now that's... I think not just now, but always. And a lot of the teaching I do, people are still struggling with like, how do I get a meeting with uh, nobody? Especially right now when we're recording this summertime, I'm a, I'm in the middle of writing a summertime slump article about uh, I'm, I'm getting meetings and then they're like being constantly rescheduled and I'm, uh, I'm over it. So yeah. can we dive into this, how sure, to get yeah. a meeting with anyone? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you, without meetings, you can't sell. I mean, if meetings don't happen, there's no sales, right? Um, and then and then also just, you know, if you think about the, the big things that have ever happened in your life, all the things, the big things that have happened in your life, they happen because we have meetings because we make the right connections. Certainly that's what sales about, but is about, but that's what life is about. So you got to be able to get meetings. And, um, and it turns out that, you know, if you... If you, if you make the whole process fun, I guess that's kind of contagious. And the person on the other end of it goes, yeah, you know what? Actually, what they, what they really think is, you know what? If, if you're doing this right, if you do it really, really well, and then you, your outreach campaign does this, it causes people on the other end to say, oh, my God, who is this man? Like, like I love the way you think. This is incredible. And when you do that, then if that's how you've reached out to someone who can change your scale, then you're going to change your scale. You're going to get meetings that will change everything in your in your career and in your your business and ultimately your life. How, what got what got you into what got into got you into the sales realm? Uh, you know, I've I've always had let's say several 
parallel tracks in my career. So I'm a cartoonist. I'm, I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists now. I didn't start out that way, but I've been, I'm one of the. I'm a cartoonist and also a marketer, and um, so a business person. And I knew really early on that I wanted to. I wanted to create my own agency, and then I wanted to work with the big magazine publishers, and I wanted to create direct mail campaigns. Those, those things that used to bother us, our mailboxes, the, those mailings that were asking you to subscribe. And, um, and the thing is that I knew that I could combine cartooning and marketing really, really effectively. I mean, I knew it would be an effective, um, a, a, an effective combination because I knew that already that cartoons were the best read and remember parts of magazines and newspapers. And so they were more effective than just about anything you could put on paper anyway. But then you think about the nature of humor. When we find something funny, you, I know everybody knows this, that we'll laugh and then before we can even catch our breaths, we're saying, oh my God, but it's true. It is like that. I know someone like, I've been through something like that. Truth is always revealed in, in um, in a twist, but it's always revealed in humor. And I guess another way of saying that is a point of agreement is revealed in that humor. So this just these were just natural tools to use to um, in marketing, but really what we're doing is selling. And here's the other thing. I mean, so all of my mailing, all the mailings that I did for all those publishers were selling magazines. I mean, that's what I was doing, but I was doing it, you know, a million people at a time through these mailings. Mm. And, um, and the thing is, before I even did that, though, I had to sell. The thing is, if you're in business, I'm going to say even further, if you're alive, you have to sell, right? I mean, selling is just part, we sell all the time. And, it, and, and no matter what is in our titles in, in, the, in our careers, that's all. It, we're always selling. So certainly business owners, <laughs> you better be selling or you're not going to survive. I mean, you have to sell or there's no revenue. Um, and then eventually you have a team that will help you do that. But if you're not selling, there is no business. And in, in the lead into my book, to, into to how to get a meeting with anyone, um, the first thing I said was, you know, you might be wondering, why, what's a cartoonist doing writing a book about sales? That was going to be my next question, Stu. Oh, so that's perfect. No, <laughs> go ahead and answer it. Well, it shouldn't be a monologue. Either, you know? <laughs> but that's the thing. And it was like, what's a cartoonist doing telling us anything about sales or selling? The fact is that I used cartoons to break through to, I mean, I had this most, the most amazing experience when I was starting my business. You know, I, I, I wanted to write direct mail campaigns for publishers. So I got two assignments, one for Rolling Stone, the other one for Bon Appetit. And both of these mailings beat their controls. And what that means is um, they're always testing against, you know, in statistics, you're always testing against the constant. So in direct marketing, you're always testing against a control or, or the constant, the thing that is actually, it's the most effective thing you've ever put out. That's the control. That's, that's always the control. So if you beat in, these, in this arena, if you beat their control, then you've actually set a new record for response. And so my first two mailings with these personalized cartoons, with that shtick going on, that um, that beat their beat their control. The two things, two controls I ever went up against, I beat them both. So that was my chance to reach out to all these VPs and directors of um, circulation and consumer marketing at the big magazine publishers. Now you're the control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we awesome. so many of them. But so, and, and so here's the thing to get through to these people. I mean, like to, just to establish this business, 
I had to reach those two dozen people, right? VPs and of, of either consumer marketing or circulation. And they're at, you know, Condé Nast and Time Inc. and the, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes. And these are not easy people to reach. And, and so, um, well, okay, I got to do something. So I put together this little, I didn't even know what to call it. I called it a contact campaign. So I put together this contact campaign that consisted of an eight by 10 print of a cartoon. Each one was about each recipient. That's my thing. So I've been using personalization with cartoons my whole career. So um, send them an eight by 10 print with a note saying, this is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. And um, I think we should put these to the test for your titles. And that, that little campaign was stunning because it not only did, it, did I get through to all of them, right? These were tough people to reach, but I got through to all of them. And, um, and then all of them agreed to meet with me. <laughs> and so, um, so it was 100% response rate, 100% meeting rate. All of them became clients. All of them, all of those publishers became clients. And so it was also eventually 100% conversion rate. And this was from a campaign that cost me about 100 bucks. You know, it's like, wow, what to two dozen people. And it, it was worth millions of dollars to me. It launched my business. Well, what was what was step two? I mean, how did you get to the conversion? Yeah, right. I mean, so I sent the thing and then I said, Hey, did you get my did you get my piece? Yeah, I did. That was actually pretty cool. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I we should we should um we should be putting this to your test to the test. When do you have I mean, when can we do that? When are you testing next? How can I get into your schedule? Or I'm coming to New York. They were all in New York. And so mm-hmm. I'm coming to New York this week. Can we set up a time to talk? And I would have like, I don't know, eight meetings a day. I'd spend a week in New York. It was a blast. What a blast that was. <laughs> so- I think you, you make up a really good point. Uh, you make a really good point, Stu. And that's, that, you know, these 12, 12 entities that you reached out to, you may not have actually believed that it was all going to close and convert as it did, but you did ask, you ask. I knew they would have, they had to test this, you know, I just actually knew this. It's weird because I just thought, no, I've already done it for, for the two first magazines. You have to do this. You know, that's kind (laughs) of how it felt like. (laughs) Right. You've got to, you've got to try this. You're testing all these other things. You've got to try this. And, you know, if you remember back, I, I don't know, because I'm a little older than you are, like lots, lots older. We're on when your, your mother warned you about. So we could just be on. I'm way, way, way old. We just we look really good for our age, Stu. I'm actually 78. Oh, my gosh. You older than I am? <laughs> She's not. She's a big liar. <laughs> but we're probably older than you think. But we just yeah. we like Botox. You look so young to me. So, but, um, but, but so the thing is, um, oh God, I lost my train of thought. I guess maybe that's what we talk about. <laughs> we do that. We do that. Oh, you were God. like in New York and uh, we took you down a rabbit hole. We're oh, sorry. Man. Well, anyway, New York was, New York was a blast. And, um, and, and I think what I was saying was that I just felt like they had to test this because they were testing all these different things. And now I remember what I was going to say. If you'll remember, some of, a lot of the direct mail pieces that used to show up on our mailboxes were based on teasing you into the envelope, right? So you'd you'd yeah. see it like a window envelope with with safety paper from a check, and you'd yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Oh, "This is a check," when in fact it's a it's a bill, or it's just I mean it's just a promotion, or it might have. They used to talk about lumpy packages all the time, so maybe there was a pencil in there or some little crappy uh, knickknack, but because it was lumpy, it would get you in. But you know, you get in and it's like. 
Oh, well, this is just a piece of junk. You know? Nothing pisses or, me off more than thinking it's a check and having it be advertised. Yeah, you know, that just makes me mad. My wife almost ripped up um, and threw away a $10,000 refund check from the from the IRS once, thinking that that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, those things were a pain in the butt. They were, they were horrible. And the thing is, it caused, I mean, it, it trained consumers to, well, I mean, that's they, everyone called it junk mail. And it was junk because it was all manipulative. Mine, by by com- com- comparison, was, you know, here's this, it might be a number 10 envelope, you know, like a standard size business envelope or some other form factor, but here's this cartoon on it. It might be, might have been one of mine or it might have been, I, I had a lot of the car- cartoonists from The New Yorker and um, and um, The Wall Street Journal and Playboy in my, in my group eventually. I mean, I, I recruited all my heroes. So, you could you could have Gahan Wilson do a cartoon for you if, as the marketer, or Leo Cullum, or or Bob Mankoff, who was the cartoon editor at the New Yorker. You could have these really famous cartooning styles in these cartoons. So the person getting this on the other end is getting this. They're seeing this cartoon by a cartoonist like they're you've seen their work their, your whole life, but this cartoon's about you, and and that would cause people to react to those mailings in ways that. That never, like, never occurred with other kinds of mailings. I mean, like, they would sometimes they would clip the cartoon out of the thing and put it up on the refrigerator, and people would know me from my work because they were saying my dad had, or someone had one of your cartoons clipped out and stuck up on the refrigerator for years. So, I mean, they weren't they weren't taking those fake checks and sticking them up on the refrigerator, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it yeah. Just, I knew it just had they had to try this because it was a completely different animal. Do you have a cartoon that's like your most like famous, known, prominent or cartoon that was your in your mind, your most pivotal? Um, There are a few of them like that. There's and so one um, one of them I use to I use whenever someone's not calling me back, I send them this cartoon. And I know you've seen it, but I'll just describe it anyway. So it's this guy talking on a in a payphone at a this broken down gas station in the desert somewhere, probably on Route 66. Actually, I did it. So it's on Route 66. So um, and and he's on the phone and he, he's parked and you look at the gas station, the gas sign is flopped over. That's the one. And and uh, and the, the windows are broken and there's a saguaro cactus there. And this is not a place you want to be hanging out for long. But he, so he's on the phone and he's let. So, Gina, if, if you weren't calling me back, I would personalize it with your name. And so it'd be, he'd be saying, hi, Gina, it's me again. Listen, I don't know if, been, if you've been checking your voicemail all last week, but I'm still here at the same number waiting for your call. So this poor guy's <laughs> been waiting for a week at the gas station. <laughs> I, I love, I love this cartoon and I love the personalization of it. It's fun. It's powerful. It's really powerful. It's a great marketing device. Yeah. And I I think this is an important point for our listeners, anybody in sales, anybody in business, if you're trying to engage, you know, we talk about this. I just, um, I'm having some flashbacks to um, the session I taught this morning at Sales Gravy, which is our email prospecting workshop. Mm. And along those same lines, right, I'm teaching them that framework of how do we hook them. And and one of the, you know, quickest ways to, to hook someone is to use their name and to use that personalization 
to pull them in. I, I, I also took a note when you were talking about the, the junk mail and the, and getting those checks, you know, that look like fake checks that come in. And the, the, the phrase I wrote down was bait and switch. And we see yeah. this happen. We see this happen and, and it's fresh on my mind. Cause I just got off teaching that class when people put in the subject lines, one thing, and then you open it and that first sentence, and I have a, I was a journalism major. So I think you can relate to this a little bit. You know, the first thing they teach you in journalism school is the importance of a headline. Right. And I, and I relate that back to subject lines. Like the headline is what's going to pull the reader in to read the story. And then that first paragraph or your lead paragraph has to pull them in and capture them, but it also has to be congruent with the headline. And so when you don't have that congruency, you totally ruin your reputation with the reader or with that audience because they feel like you just conned them. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You you feel manipulated. It is manipulation actually. And they feel it and they don't like it. Um, And you know, a cartoon is actually like a headline. It, right. Yes. And that, and and that your personalization, your personalization of it is like, oh, this is just for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so that cartoon is saying, hey, hey. Actually, what it's saying is, Gina, would you call me back for crying out loud? But with the but, humor. Yeah, but with humor, so it's completely disarming. It's wonderful, and so you know, they're all with the cartoons. There always also has to be a payoff, just like a headline. And so, so that was I would be saying, well, in that one, I guess the. Obviously, the point is, hey, we haven't been able to connect. Let's connect. That's that's it. But you gotta you gotta follow it up. That's that's true. Hey, now yeah. I want to say something too, though, because I don't want to go too far down the the, the rabbit hole of um, of cartoons. They're wonderful. They're a great device. They're incredible. I love. We could talk the whole hour about cartoons. Oh, and sure. I'd be very happy. But but in terms of getting meetings, I don't want to give the impression that the only way that you can get meetings is with cartoons. Oh no, no, we're gonna get off yeah. cartoons because I want to okay. talk about weeds. Ah, well, there's weeds, but there's also like visual metaphors. Look at this crazy thing. Ooh. Isn't that a cool thing? Well, you know. Okay, so a- we're gonna do, we're gonna describe that to um, those yeah. who are not seeing the video. So it, it's a coffee cup that um, has like it looks it's like it's been. Spill. It's a coffee spill. Yeah. So what you're seeing is the actual coffee spill, which is like a plastic thing it's, and a straw coming out of it. It's like something you'd see in a joke shop. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, because you put it on your desk and people would walk in and say, oh, my God, Rachel, you're, you spilled your coffee, you know, because it yeah, looks right. that real. Actually, it's that realistic. Yeah, but it does look good. This is a you know what? This is a great visual metaphor for loss or risk, risk mitigation. Once mm-hmm. you once you spill the coffee, you're not going to drink it. I hope <laughs> you are women in my mind. Uh, I don't know. I have I do have a coffee addiction. Depends so on the day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But no, but seriously, you, you're not going to drink that. You're going to pour yourself another cup. You'll have to right. replace it. Right, right, right. So what a perfect way to, to open a conversation, let's say, maybe about insurance or some other uh-huh. risk factor. I don't know, co- compliance or something else. But or let's say lost sales. This could be all those sales you're not getting and should be. Yeah. yeah. So that that's a visual metaphor that is isn't first of all isn't a cartoon. That's good. <laughs> so, but that's a great way to open a conversation. Hey Gina, what? You know what we need right now? What? What do we need? We need to hear from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe honed their sales skills at Salesgrave University. 
You see, Salesforce University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGravy University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. You know, Stu, that that actually reminds me of um, of a little tactic I used that um, happened accidentally, which is something called my cowboy boots. So I've got these very sparkly cowboy boots. Actually, I have two pairs of sparkly cowboy boots. One's more sparkly than the other, and one was Natural. very, very expensive. Yeah, naturally, spark anything sparkly, and these boots. I call them the boots that were made for talking and it was accidental because every time I wear them, people stop me, strangers stop me to talk to me about the boots. Where did I get them? Those are cool. One guy's like, I need to know exactly where you got them. I want to buy a pair for my wife. Someone stopped me in airport. Like these boots, I have had more conversations in these boots with strangers than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, for me, the metaphor is about having something that makes you stand out. And as a salesperson, people yeah. buy you and what differentiates you? What's a, what's a conversation opener that gets people to want to talk to you? Those boots, I mean, they were super expensive. I don't even want to say how much they were, but they have paid for themselves in conversations. Yeah. Think about all the other articles of clothing that have it. I mean, like, yeah. what other article of clothing would you, would you even call well, it? Rachel, Rachel, you've <laughs> worn that, that thing around your neck that's got the flower on it. That's mm-hmm. gotten attention. People have asked you about that. Or mm-hmm. your hats. Well, and the thing that the, the thing that I think is a good takeaway for people listening is Stu has this modality that is his cartooning and that's one thing that makes him unique and memorable and he's leveraging that so that he stands out. And I know um, when we had Ash Amberge on our show, she talked about when she was first in sales, she was working for a roofing company and she took like pieces of the the, the roof and like sent them to people. (laughs) So like nowadays people, I remember being in one of our sales gravy courses recently and the, the general consensus from this group of learners was our emails just aren't working. Well, no, they're not because every single one of us, no matter how busy or not busy we are, we're all getting hundreds of emails that are are pitching products and services and what have you to us. So email just doesn't stand out. So but writing, it can, you know, as but it can. was just saying, writing the right email subject line to stand out can, but there's also other ways you can try to stand out in that sales, you know, in that prospecting sequence. So part of that sequence could be something original. I think that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, we, we might as well, 
we might as well just kind of address that um, the elephant in the room email does it work or not and you know and how can we make it work and so on and the fact is for one first of all we have to acknowledge it's a really crowded channel like as you were just describing it's a really crowded channel so if you're writing long copy um Mm. salesy salesy pitchy Mm. copy um, no one's going to mm. read that. So they don't have time. They don't have the interest. You're going to get, you, you'll be reported as a spammer and, you know, blocked and so on. But, you know, if you're writing something that I think, I, what I found is two, two things. One is if you write very short copy, and I'm saying under 12 words, that does get through. I mean, I've, I've reached, I, I, I was interviewing Aaron Ross, who you might have interviewed. I don't yeah. know if you should have him on the show if you haven't. Um, and he was telling me that he had, Written out, he'd reached out to Mark Benioff and he asked, he, he said, you know, he made sure it was 12 words or less. So it's something like, hey, Mark, we do this. Do, is that of interest? That was it. So there was no, you know, eight paragraph thing about what they do <sighs> and what, how everyone thinks it's so great. And it just was very direct. And he got a, he got a response back in 30 seconds from Mark. So I thought, okay, I'm really mischievous. So I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, that's just too much to, I got to try that. So I did the same thing. And he, he got back to me 30 seconds later. If I had sent anything longer than that, I wouldn't have had it. He doesn't have the time. So I guess one thing is to be respectful of time. I used to put these personalized cartoons in emails. I, I don't anymore because, because it's such a crowded channel. I, I just, I just, I, I have so much more fun with uncrowded channels. Uh, or at least different modes of communication. But what would be an un, what would be an uncrowded channel for you for Stu? Well, like let's say definitely sending something mm-hmm. physical. So I'll show you. Sorry to come back to cartoons again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, this is this is a big board. So this this is eighteen by twenty four inches. I'll have to back up a little bit. It's made of um, a special kind of foam core, and so th- there's a cartoon about the recipient. On the front, on the back, there's um, branding, messaging from sender to the recipient, explaining who they are, why they want to meet, and next steps. Um, and that goes out in packaging like, well, not like this, this packaging. So this looks like, and so there's crush zones inside, and the, the, uh, the air bill goes right on the front. And so, I, so what I'm showing is a corrugated corrugated packaging that has cartoon art all over it. It looks like it's something arriving from a, from a, a cartoon art yeah, gallery. It's, so perhaps. Cool. it's a really neat thing. And when you, when you get that, it's like, wow, where the hell, where did this come from? You know, yeah. this, that's amazing. Who sent this? And um, in fact, I don't know if, if, I don't know if this works or not, but I've got a video that I should either share with you and you can insert it into the, sure. into this or, or we can do a share screen and I'll show you, but I sent, I sent this piece um, in so in a box, in a tiny box like this. So there it is. It's beautiful, beautiful. sliding lid box with my my cartoonist signature etched in in the in the piece by laser. And and then inside is this guy. And so uh, that's a multi panel cartoon with cowboys out on the range that sit around the campfire at night. I want to take a picture of that. Oh yeah. Okay. So cowboys sitting around a campfire. You, you got to listen in. <laughs> and so they're talking about, he's saying, so uh, let's see, I'm going to say, I'm going to just kind of personalize this to you on the spot. So 
So in the first, in this first panel, this one, they're saying, I ever tell you fellas the story of Billy the Kid? Yep, sure did. How about Wild Gina Tamarco? <laughs> now, hey, isn't that perfect calling you Wild Gina? <laughs> like, hmm, I don't know if people will believe it, but go on. It was exactly, it should be up on your wall somewhere. Stu, I would accept a personalized version of this, <laughs> and I would, I would put it on my wall here for people to see. It needs I, to be I up think there. I need yeah, one, so- too. <laughs> right, so now, and I could be saying actually, I could be saying wild, wild Gina and Rachel could. actually, but that's that's stupid. I don't know. But so then, and then he's saying, you mean the the host, the co-host of Women, no, your mother warned us, warned you about, and then they finally say at least a hundred times before. Yep, you can say that again. Like they're they're always they've always been talking yeah, about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now I so want I my see, own. I will. Well, I'm going to make up one for each Aww, of you. Oh, that's awesome, Stu. So, so I, I can see a spot. I see a blank spot right over your shoulder, Rachel. So maybe uh, go above the door. This is an office. <laughs> no, I have lots of space. This is okay. All right, cool. Well, so, so here's the thing. I sent, um, I sent this one of these things to uh, to Billy Jean. So Billy is a he's a an Instagram marketing influencer. <coughs> Pardon me. And and so, um. You know, I, want, I just wanted to meet him. I wanted to see if we could do something together. So his assistant got a hold of this thing and she said, she thought to herself, well, this looks really interesting. And so I don't just want to open it. I want to, I want to do an unboxing. Love it. So yeah. she did that. Now here's the thing for me. I have sent these things that I've reached presidents and prime ministers and celebrities and, and just countless CEOs and C-level executives with, with cartoons. I mean, I've, I've been, that's why I wrote the book. That's what got me started. So um, anyway, uh, the thing is, when I, and I, so I know they have great reaction. I mean, they, they cause a great reaction, but I'm not there when they, when they arrive, when they, I send them. So how, how could I possibly yeah. be there? She, she, she did that for me because she did the unboxing and she did it and she read the whole thing. So, oh, gosh, Billy, look at this. And she read the whole cartoon to him and then she flipped it over. And so on the, on the, on the other side is all this, well, it's, it's uh-huh. the message, you know, again, who I am, why I want to, why I want to connect the next steps. And, um, but she flips it over and she says, look at the, look at this, look at the message. Kind of, and then she says, kind of falling in love with this guy, <laughs> mad respect. Like that's his assistant saying this. That's you know? awesome. So that is exactly what I mean by saying uh, when we do something that is, is that when our outreach causes people to say, I love the way you think, Obviously, that's not a cold call anymore. Right. I mean, they're really they're right. really excited to meet you, and um, and it just it creates a different kind of effect than just I don't know thinking you're you're going to stand out in a crowd by standing in a crowd and doing everything that the crowd is doing. Yeah, yeah, and we talk about that too with with video prospecting, and and even though video has been around forever, nobody really uses it right. As, as much as they could be. And it's, you know, I, I was trying to think of, I'm thinking of what our listeners might ask and they might be like, well, that's great, Stu. I can't draw a cartoon. Right. Like, so like, yeah. what are those other things that people who are listening or watching could do? Like, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is video, or like you said, you know, be a little more um, creative in your emails. And at the end of the day, it really is a blended approach, right? You're, it's not just, I'm going to send an email and get attention. I have to do a couple different things 
things to get attention. You know, one thing I did to try to get attention from um, a prospect, like I already had like an initial conversation, but I knew I was bidding. And as a Fortune 500 company, several years ago, and I was bidding against two other organizations bigger than me and a sales training companies. And in a conversation, he had mentioned liking seafood. And we were joking around about why do people go to Red Lobster when they come to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, when, you know, they could go get fresh fish. And you know, we were running, talking about this, like there's a two hour wait in the summer at Red Lobster and Myrtle Beach makes no sense. Long story short, I sent him a lobster gram. <laughs> A lobster gram. Lobster gram exists, by the way, everybody. So I sent him a lobster gram and I had learned about this back in my radio and media buying days because lobster gram was um, a client. And literally it shows up in one of those um, boxes that has the dry ice. Oh yeah, yeah. So so when he yeah. opened it, it was like all this smoke came out. Like I had no idea that was going to happen actually. Right? So it was like lobster tails in a bucket with butter and other things. And so this lobster gram shows up and he calls me and like he can't even say hello. He's laughing. He's like Gina and he's laughing the whole time. He's like your package just arrived. There's a group of people in my office right now because they thought I received a body part. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're unboxing the lobster gram, right? And so it was like, how can I cut through everybody else so that I'm leaving a lasting impression? And that, you know, that requires you to get, you know, get thoughtful. You know, you know what that, okay, so, you know, I have another book coming out, the, the How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. Yes, I'm going to talk about so that. The thing is, you can... I realized as I was writing the book, you can negotiate like a weed, if that makes sense. Well, of course it does, because I wrote about it. I know it does. And, and <laughs> thinking, Tell well, us more, Stu. If, if weeds were going to negotiate, what would they do? What would they be like? And you know, they're aggressive and they, they spread everywhere. They s- sprout seeds all over the place. They spread those everywhere, right? And then they're really aggressive uh, and, and urgent about, uh, you know, about uh, germinating, cultivating, just activating those seeds, and 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 they spread like crazy. Well, so we can we can also do this with spread elements, and you just described a couple of them. That lobster gram that you sent, I'm sure he didn't keep it to himself, right? Right. He had all right. the people in the office say, "Wow, look at look at this! Look what this! Look what Gina said! Look, look, look what this woman sent me! We were just talking last week about you know." Um, and then she sent this to me or the other day and we were just, and, and, and she sent this to me. This is amazing. I'll bet I'm going to just go out on the limb and say, I'll bet you got the account. Well, what? no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did not get the account, but, but here's the positive to it. We did not get the account and it, and it ended up not being the right fit for us. Um, oh, okay. It, it was a tobacco I company. I hope you got the lobster back then. Uh, But but what I got was a long term, still standing relationship with him. Good, good, good. Good. That has led to other opportunities. That's really unsurprising because because of the audacity of it and the the beauty of it. It's you know when you do something like that, you really show up. That's how relationships are made. Exactly. I don't think we would have gotten to the negotiation table without that, without that lobster gram. So I think that yeah. made a difference. Um, at the end of the day, um, it ended up not being a good fit for a variety of reasons. And, and, it, and that was okay. Yeah. 
And that was okay. But the relationship still stands and, 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 you know, brings other fruits. There are spread elements that I'm just, I'm just experimenting with them right now, but you know, one of them that's just really obvious is um, a, a well done video in email. And, and the wonderful thing about, about Vidyard and, and bomb bomb and so forth is that they give you the opportunity to track these things. So, you know, you, you get to see how, how many times the video was viewed. I, I think also who, who viewed it. Um, so you get to, you get yeah. to watch the spread happen and it does get spread. If it's, if it's done well, then it does get spread. They, it pass, they, they pass it along and that pass along in the, in the account that you're trying to penetrate is really, really important. Um, so spread elements that so anyway, video is a great one and video and email is unbelievable because you can track it. Um, and then there are also, uh, I mean, I'm working on right now on, on, on in, sorry, infographics that are also it's sort of like Curtis, I, I interviewed Curtis Brooks, who talked, to, who, who talked about unsolicited proposals. So in a way, it's a, it's, there is an unsolicited proposal element to this, but it's really about, it's about the, about the recipient. I mean, I'm doing one right now and it looks, it starts at the very top of the infographic is a, is a tear sheet that I put together really carefully. It looks like a tear sheet from the Wall Street Journal. And the main article is about, um, is about my prospect, my contact doubling the sales of his company. It's one year from now. And so there's a story about him in the Wall Street Journal about him doubling their sales and then in the column next to it is his CEO and a CEO. I, I did some research and the CEO runs marathons. So he, he just qualified for the New York, New York city marathon. And there's a story about that. And I'm sure that this is going to get passed around, especially to the CEO because they're both in the wall. I mean, you know, also with the, with the, the engraved style um, portraiture, you know, so all, you know, where, you know what I mean? Where they're, they're drawn like, mm -hmm. um, like they're on money, you know, and, and yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. And, and, but then, then there's the, here's, here's the company in, in, a, in a, here's a snapshot of the company. Here's what's been going on. Here's the opportunity we see. Here are some of the things that we could use to, to, um, to make that, to, to, to make a change, make this change of doubling your sales in the next year. And, um, and I know that that thing will spread all over the company. And so those we I think we, we want to, we want to be talking about or we want to be thinking about things that spread as well. Is is this what you're talking about? I know that you've got so your new book is coming out in May 2022. How to grow your business like a weed. Yeah. So is this what you mean when you're talking about a weed mindset? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, sort of. So the thing is, um, here's the thing: weeds come in all sizes and shapes. I mean, they're all kind. They're grasses and they're vines and they're trees even some of them are trees so but they're, they come in all look the thing about weeds is they're just it's a plant that's pretty aggressive that we've decided we humans have decided is uh is a pest it's not where <laughs> you know, that's it although some like sales people you know, some of them are they're worse they're they're it's like they're from another planet they're just alien they're they're incredible <laughs> so but the thing is all of them follow the same format for, for winning in their fields. What it is, is that they leverage their really a fierce mindset and unfair advantages that they've cultivated against collective scale. All of them do the same thing. And when they do that, they are voracious. They grow like a weed. That's what they do. So, so you think, well, a mindset, you know, the weeds and the, no plants have, have brains. So how could they have a mindset? 
And I, some of it is just evident. It's just, it's evident that there is some sort of intelligence. And I think it's sort of a, it's a probably a group intelligence. So across the species, things are happening. I mean, it evolves across the species, especially if they're annuals, like the whole population dies out every year. So they, they evolve really quickly and they, they meet challenges really quickly. Um, so, but you can see it. You can just watch weeds grow in your yard. Hopefully you're not just watching because you should do something about it, but you can see what they're doing and you can see that they're, that they have a mindset. They're aggressive and resilient. And, um, and actually I think they're optimistic. I would say they're optimistic. So that's, that's the weed mindset. It's pretty crazy. I love it. Aggressive, voracious, optimistic. Yeah, they're, they're and, they, and they don't have brains. Adaptive, yeah, <laughs> adaptable. Media. And they don't have brains. Well, they don't they're not that. overthinking. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They're not yeah. overthinking their situation. They're just it, showing us. Yeah, right. exactly. I'll, I'll take part of it. The, the optimism part. I know that. That so. All right, they have a mindset, but now they have that that emotion. What are you, you smoking? <laughs> the thing is. You know, I, I, this, this whole idea came about when I, I was driving down the Santa Monica freeway in LA and there are six lanes of traffic going one way and six lanes coming the other way. And, and then a 40 foot wide um, concrete median, really kind of like any freeway in the country now, but it was a, it's, a, it's 12 lanes of, of freeway and, and a 40 foot wide median. There's a lot of concrete there and it's no place for a plant to grow, but there in the, I was, I was driving by yeah. cracking the concrete was a dandelion. And you know, it was just yeah. kind of popping around in the in the smoggy turbulence, and and you know, you could it had that those pretty little yellow flowers out, and those really fun seed pods that are going, you know, and blowing the seeds around. So it was sitting there running its process, and and it you could tell that it was there was no like let's say nothing, no emotional blockage, nothing like, geez, you know, I really saw myself as being at the beach. Not the middle of a freeway. It doesn't matter. It just, it just it didn't care. It didn't care. It just, it just, it just followed its process, um, you know, aggressively and urgently. It just, it was just, it was just living its process. And so I thought, well, that, you know, that's pretty amazing. I hope I can live up to that. I and mean, that's wow, what an example. But also, when you think about it, um, we you know, the thing is, we, we know what process is. We learn it all. We learn process all our lives. Certainly, we learn it on every job we're on. We, we create it when we're creating businesses. But the thing is, we don't, we don't have them. We don't pick them up. They're not innate. They're not programmed into us, by and large. But for plants, they are. All of their process. And these are, you know, these, they've been around for tens of millions of, well, actually, 140 million years or so. And, and so that process is really well honed and, and it's just, it's just programmed into their DNA, but, um, and then they just run it. So the thing is, we often know what we need to do, but we don't do it because maybe we're depressed. Like, let's say going out and making sales calls for one, you know, we're like, we're depressed or we're, we feel defeated. And so we don't, we have these emotions that get in the way and weeds yeah. would tell us, look, because we know what the we know what the antidote is to that, right? Isn't it? Isn't it getting out and, and doing more prospecting? Just yeah, just do yeah, it. Do it because then you'll you'll feel better because you broke through to people because yeah. you did something about it. So the, yeah. the weeds would tell us, they would tell us, look, your emotion. We don't have emotions, but um, we can see that your emotions completely get in your way. So rather than letting your emotions lead your actions, turn it around. Let your actions lead your emotions. 
And so if you, so what is it you would be doing right now if you were absolutely, if your hair was on fire, you were so excited and optimistic, what would you be doing? And I, I mean, like one thing uh, I, I would answer, the one thing is, one thing I would be doing is working out more. And so I work out and when I do, wow, the thing is there, there's actually something in psychology or psychiatry called behavioral activation. So you can, you can actually act, act the, the way you would act if you were not depressed, or let's say if you were much more excited, if you were much more optimistic and you become that. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Stu. We could, we could go on forever and ever with you. Um, and unfortunately we have to start wrapping up. So I feel like we're going to have to have, I know we're going to have to have another show with you because there's so much more to you, but before we do a couple things, we've got some signature questions for you that Rachel is going to ask, but before we do that, in a 30 second or 60 second soundbite. Okay. Try to just try to fast track us on this because we can't let you go without a really quick version of the story of how you met your wife. Okay. Because this is important as far like this is another amazing sales story, but we don't have a whole lot of time to just fast track us. So, I mean, this was the most important meeting I've ever had. And it went like this. I saw my wife's picture in a magazine. Um, Do you want to say what? I'm going to just lift all the cards and say she was a penthouse cover model. And go there we uh, go. I saw her in a magazine. I wanted to make a film about my fantasy going to Copenhagen or one of the Scandinavian countries anyway. And I just thought if I was going on that fantasy for real, this is the woman I would bring home. And so I reached out to uh, the magazine. They put in, put me in touch with her photographer um, and her photographer said, you know, change your bookings to come to Copenhagen. We, I have some other models you should meet. But that, what a great trip this is going to be. This is going to be so cool. So I went that's, I went to Copenhagen and met her. And, um, you know, the funny thing is she was she was engaged at the time to the karate champion of Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> so, which, I don't know, just made it a better story. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> and so long story short, you you saw what you wanted. You reached out to it to get to get that and you married her and you're still married to her we'll have our 30th year anniversary this month and we have seen um pictures and they are uh, she hot she was that was she was the most beautiful woman the 80s hair is all about the 80s hair she's just the most beautiful woman i'd ever seen and I, I love it because I, I, it's just it's a great sales story. It's also a great romantic story of like you saw you saw her. You didn't really even know her. You wanted her. And how long have you still been married? 30 years. 30 years. Oh. I think that's just such a cool story. And we could not get off of this episode without that story. And uh, so thank you for that. And now Rachel's got a couple signature questions for you before we wrap up. All right. First question, Stu, is how would you define the word sexy? Sexy. Oh, man. Smart and free thinking, unencumbered, confident. It's I look, I'm just describing my wife, actually. Okay. She's smart and she's confident. She'll, she'll yep. jump out. She jumped out of an airplane with me. I mean, she'll, she'll do almost anything. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That works. I'm sure that sexy is helpful if you are going to be a penthouse cover model. Well, that, that, helps. <laughs> that It helps. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Well, 
Okay, so I just wrote the book. I'm not plugging the book, but I just no, no, but, but but plug the book. But, okay. Plug the book. So it's called how to get <laughs> how to sell. No, so it's called how to grow your business like a weed. Now the thing is, weeds don't talk. But I had to divine what the weeds were saying. And, and one of the things <laughs> that they, one of the things that really stands out is, and it's from that dandelion sitting in the middle of the concrete median, is deal with what is. Isn't that great advice? Yeah. Deal with what it is. And I think the weeds would tell mm-hmm. us that immediately because our, our emotions are constantly in our way. We're trying to solve those first before we act. We should just act. Just deal with what is. Mm. Indeed. It. Any advice you wish you had been given? Deal with what? No. <laughs> Actually, okay, again, I'm not plugging the book because the book's not even out. But You are I, plugging the book and we I, invite you and encourage you to plug the yeah, book. Don't apologize well, for well, it. Yes, but, but the thing is, that was the, I wish I had that whole book when I was starting out because it would have changed everything. I, as, yeah. as I wrote the book, I'm saying, oh my God, I'm making so many mistakes here because that's what the weeds, because I'm not doing what the weeds do. And yeah. so, so I'm correcting them now, but I mean, Man, yeah. If I if I knew everything that the weeds have to teach us about about mindset, about creating unfair advantages, and about running that against collective scale, I would be much further along. I love it. So your so the advice you wish you were given was be a weed. Essentially, yeah. I guess kind of like that. Yeah, be a weed. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Did we get them all? Mm-hmm. We got all the questions. Oh, okay, oh, we're awesome. only a minute so- over. Uh, yeah. So, um, so if people want to connect with you, um, get your books, have a personalized cartoon made, hint, hint, what would be the best ways to do that, Stu? Well, book me on your podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you That's can, a way. That's a way. <laughs> that is one way. You can, um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me, just mention that you uh, saw or heard me on the show. That'd be great. I would love to hear about that. Um, so it's just my name, Stu Heineck, S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. Uh, I teach an online course about, um, about how to get meetings or how to get a meeting with anyone. And love it. So you might want to go to howtogetameeting.com. I love it. I think I need to that. sign up for that. Yeah. I like uh, that. So I, I, those are the best ways to do it. And you can, actually, you can find my books anywhere. Fine books are sold except the airport. Okay. I, think, you know, I think Jeb's take up all the room. Here. Jeb Jeb has all of the shelf space all, at, he does. at all of the airports. Somehow he did that. Stu, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here on the women your mother warned you about. What a pleasure to join you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, Warners, it's time for us to wrap up this episode. If you enjoyed it, go out and share it. And if you have not left us a review, please do that. And thank you to Sales Gravy, the sponsor of this show. You can find out more about Sales Gravy at salesgravy.com or salesgravy.university, where both Rachel and I teach courses there. How coincidental. Uh, and you can find out more about us at the women your mother warned you about.com. Well, not the, but women your mother warned you about.com. And you can Google us. You will find us. We're all over the social interweb stuff. Rachel, any <laughs> Rachel loves it when I do that. her face. I do it on purpose just to get a reaction. Any final words from you, Rachel? I think that Gina said it all. <laughs> awesome. All right. We're out of here. Bye Warners. This really will get serious soon. Yeah. Don't, it doesn't have to, I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.